When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One one second, I'm clipping my nails. I do not have time for this <laughs> at at all. Okay. At all, in any sense of the word. Oh, okay, so we have to start like right now. Yes. Dang it! I wanted to tell a story. Too bad, compadre. You're living on Ethan time now. Well, you're in luck because I just finished clipping my nails and I'm ready to podcast. Thank God, or else I don't know what we would have done. Can't have a podcast with your nails unclipped. Who knows what would have happened? Here's the thing. So, so please don't tell the story anyway. Ah, uh, fine. <laughs> Welcome to the Crunch. It is your boy Ethan, and I'm Patrick. We Patrick's mad at me because I didn't let him tell a story before the podcast. But do you know why that is, Patrick? Why that is? Why that is? Why why is that? You might ask. <laughs> I'm in the great state of Texas currently. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not at home at all. Oh wait, so, wait, 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 wait. No, no. Sorry, I thought I knew why. I don't. Why are you in Texas? What part of Texas are you in? I'm in Waco right now. Ah, uh, that's weird. I think it's pronounced Waco. <laughs> Sickum bears, as they say. What brings you to the great state, the great nation of Texas? The so my so I'm on a team of focus missionaries, right? And I'm well aware. One, yes, you're aware. Uh, two of my teammates went to Baylor, and one of them, Baylor, I hardly know her. One of them, Brianna, was really involved with this thing called Sing, and it's like all the Greek, not all, but a lot of the Greek fraternities and sororities will get together and do this like song and dance production thing. And she was really involved in it when she was in, um, when she was here at school. And so she like got a bunch of students and like brought us with her um, to go and see it. So I went and saw it last night, this big, big production. It was great. It was five hours long. There were 19 acts. And out of those, only two of them got a rating of higher than 6.5 out of 10 from me. So, <laughs> Wait, and so they you were, went, they you were, went all the way down to Texas. Well, I guess it's not that far from Oklahoma, but you went all the way down to Texas for that little event? No, I mean, we're still here. We're hanging out all weekend. Oh, and just okay. like spending time in the town and getting to see some of Brianna's friends and um, hanging out with with each other um, tonight. I think we're trying to go hot tubbing. I don't really... Nobody brought swim trunks. Well, you don't need swim so. trunks to go hot tubbing. You just need uh, you just need whatever clothes you brought and a can of attitude. You just need gumption. <laughs> you just need gumption. Um, what I figured out on this trip is that I love doing. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a visual gag, so nobody really gets it. But I like to do this run where I kind of stick my my legs out exactly 180 degrees from one another, like <laughs> directly perpendicular and i like to lift my legs up straight up at like a a 90 degree angle so it looks like i'm kind of i've got a a big bow leg if you know what i mean oh i get it okay you know what i mean kind of like running with my legs as far out as they can go you mean you mean like to the sides you mean 90 degrees 128 degrees exactly below zero (laughs) fahrenheit 27 hours 128 hours so 180 degree hours and i'm running like that and I started, for whatever reason, I just was running down the sidewalk after the event because it was five hours long. And I was full of energy. And I just started shouting, there's gold in these here hills. And <laughs> my new, I've discovered something about myself in Waco, Texas. This is it's why a place you're of chaotic, discovery. 
this is I, I desperately desire to be an old timey prospector like, with <laughs> with all of You're my. You're trying being. to steal me gold. That's that's what you do, and that's what old timey prospectors do when when yeah. when old sitcom characters go on road trips and stop in an old abandoned western town. They get locked what? up in the jail by the prospector because he thinks they're trying to steal their gold. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a Brady yeah. Bunch episode, by the way. That is that really? Yeah, it is. Were you just watching that recently, or is that off the? No, dome? that's like a classic Brady Bunch episode. Oh, I don't know the classic Brady Bunch episodes. What I do know is that I've had this severe tendency to package up all of my friends and send them to Japan. Um, that's a Toy Story 2 prospector reference. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. So that's my that's my media knowledge for the day. I know I know that I have um, a tendency to nominate my friends for web show awards in Japan and book a flight with a bunch of chickens where they have to skydive into Japan. Yes. That's an iCarly and then, and, reference. And, and no, I was about to say, and also you have this necklace that if you don't speak perfect Japanese, it shocks, it shocks you. the crap out of you. <laughs> I'm surprised that Spencer never died in that show. Yeah, it was very, it was, there's a lot of fire. That's my favorite oh. running gag in iCarly is that, is that everything he touches sets immediately on, on fire. Even like the yeah. doorbell. Yeah, he just that, rings it. And he's like, how is that even possible? I uh, I love, I love that iCarly is a touchstone of this podcast because. It's only it's because not, I've been binge watching it for the past few weeks. Well, that makes sense, but it's neither, uh, I would say our favorite shows from our childhood. Not at but all. It's, it's the one that we watched probably the most recently with the most regularity, I would Definitely, say. Like, cause yeah. it was in that age where I was like, you know, maybe 13, 14, 15. And then I got too busy to like really consistently watch TV. And so iCarly was that last bastion of, of uh, Nickelodeon yeah. entertainment. Well, yeah. Here's, here's what I realized. I'm in like, I'm in the middle of season three right now. Okay. So recently I decided to stop watching grown up <laughs> television because there's too much sex on it and I hate it. So I was okay. like, you know what's, you know what's good and wholesome? children's television and it's still funny and yes so i started watching tel- children's television from my childhood and i realized that what i consider in my memory to be the end game of iCarly, you know what i mean like those episodes where like stuff was actually starting to get dramatic and high school like middle school patrick was like oh man like iCarly is insane <laughs> so i had younger brothers so they were still watching iCarly, and like nickelodeon was on all the time even when i was in yeah. middle school and it was still edgy to watch family guy i never did that so i did i did that's fair um yeah. But I re- that's only season three, and there were six seasons. So I think even there is a swath of iCarly episodes that I have never seen, and that does not I, happen. I, I guess that's true. Yeah, that's right. So I'm like a lot of shows. So I, I was, I was, I had a free trial to the Nickelodeon channel on on <laughs> on Amazon, and okay. it's seven ninety nine a month. But I think I'm going to take the hit. I think I'm going to do it <laughs> <laughs> just for iCarly. Absolutely, just for iCarly. I think I'll pay seven ninety nine to watch all of iCarly. I think I'll do it. <laughs> I would, you know, at this, and, I've I've often been quoted as saying that I would do anything for Miranda Cosgrove, <laughs> and I think this might be the the deciding this might be factor. The thing. She am I going to live up to career. that? Like she went on tour. Well, I mean, anybody can go on tour. Jake Paul went on tour. That's weird. That doesn't make any. That doesn't mean That's or Logan Paul, whoever it was, Team Ten, whoever Team Ten is. I don't know. I don't know either of those people. But yeah, I, I realized I, I hit kind of rock bottom at my um again with my <laughs> with my iCarly watching when my cousin texted me like, "Hey, when you get tired of iCarly, we should hang out sometime." And I was like, "Man, that was a Oof. good dig." I <laughs> and I was like, "I really, I've referenced it enough with enough regularity for <laughs> for Jake. Shout out Jake to have texted yeah. me." to comment on it so in the spirit of uh in the spirit of positivity what was what were the what were the good never mind i don't want to ask about the show no. that you went to I oh i mean you, you can what were the good acts okay so 
<laughs> I, want, I want you to tell me the best one and the worst okay. one. I, guess. I will. I will absolutely. Thank God you asked. In the spirit would, of absolute I mediocrity, I want to hear this, and then I have okay. one thing to say, and then we can start the show. <laughs> okay, sounds good. So this, if you go to Baylor, or you're affiliated with any of these sing acts. Know that I love you and I care about you, and these are all honest, my honest views, and I would tell them to your face. Because so, to be fair, when someone from outside of your school goes to like a performance event at your school, at your yeah. school, they have like a super critical judgment that someone who goes to your oh, school does not have. Well, well, this is how I am with anything. Like when I was in college that we I was in a group where you had to kind of like do this presentation and it was a part of your application and there was this whole room of us and people would come in one by one and do their little things. I don't really know what it was, but most people got 30s and 40s out of 100s and everybody else was giving them like 70s and 80s. But I just kept my scores consistent. I think if you're going to be above 50, you actually have to be above average. And if I think you're av- average or below average, I'm not going to give you a 60 because that would imply that you're above average. Wait, are you anyway. are you grading on like A through D? I'm no, I'm grading. I'm grading zero to a hundred. Okay, in that situation, but you know what I mean. Great, because like when we talk, it's not, average, it's not A through D. It's I'm talking like you, you got. If you want more than fifty points, you have to be more than than average. Fifty is straight average to me. That's like fair. If we're grading on that, but scale, in like the school I mean? system, seventy five is average for some reason, mm-hmm. and everything fifty yeah. below is failing. Right. I just I just do my own. Just do okay. my own thing. I'm just worried that you accidentally failed a bunch of people. <laughs> No, it's it's it was a cumulative score. So as long as I kept it consistent and didn't rank like the people I liked 100 and the people I didn't like 30s, That's as long fair. as they ranked like, oh, I thought that was good, but I still think it's a 60 on this scale. That's you know super what I mean? weird for a teacher to just hand over. It wasn't power. a class. It wasn't a class. It was a club. Oh, it was a club. It was an, it was an interview. Gotcha. To get into a club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway. That's fair. Anyway, so that's, my, that's my grading background, right? I'm fair. pretty... I'm, it would seem on the surface that I'm critical, but I'm just doing zero to 10, like as if it's actually zero to 10 and not like a seven is average. Yeah, I'm saying that's like five dumb. is average. Okay. So yeah. with that in mind, my favorite, my fa- my two favorite acts were the two acts that did not take the event seriously, as I'm sure you can imagine. <laughs> so there are these two fraternities and I've heard that the, the, the lore is that every year they don't practice and they just try to be as funny as possible. Oh gosh. Because the whole thing is like, there's these 200 people on the stage, like, and it's super choreographed and there's like all these great moves and dances and flips and turns, like all these like wonderful choreography from most of the groups. And then there's these guys who like the best one, the best one, they did Jurassic Park themed and they just had five dudes running around in the T-Rex costume. <laughs> and they... <laughs> They had one of the like they had people dressed up as scientists and people dressed up as dinosaurs. And at the end, one of the scientists was singing um, "Someone Like You" by Adele, and <laughs> and he was like reconciling with the dinosaur. And they they hugged at the end. It was just it was That's so, so funny. funny. Yeah. But the choreography was so bad. You could tell that they hadn't rehearsed it. That's good and, though. And I th- but I thought it was they were it was they knew that they were going to be bad and they owned it. You know what I mean? Okay, I can dig like, that. That's, when that's when you love. say that, it just reminds me of the stand-up comics I used to see here be like, oh, I'm just going to go up and like improv it. Because like, I've been told I'm like conversationally funny. So like people yeah. walk up and just talk and it's like none of these things are jokes. You're just being... Yeah. But I can understand some how that is funny improv. Right. It was, that is it, improv. It's huge. It was a crowd. Yeah. It was a crowd pleaser. Like yeah. you had... You had at the beginning the dinosaurs all getting wrangled up, and one of them just is like hiding behind a bush, mm. and like he, you can you can see the head over the bush, like he's not <laughs> hiding. It's just, it was just so funny. That's hilarious. Um, so that was the best one. The worst one was probably like the people who tried really hard, but they just had really really bad choreography. Oof, yeah, like, that was, sucks. Sadly, enough, embarrassment. Was, yeah, there was one that was that was Space Jam themed. That oh was, man, it sucks. It was that's... it was actually it was actually a stinker. That's incredible because um, like you, I know you would enjoy a space like that. Seems like something that you would. I know. Like. I was so excited. I was like Galactic Slam. It's coming up. I'm ready. So it's, it was like 
it was like six from the from the end and i was getting hyped for it you know throughout the whole event and then i it was it was just bad oh no not good so tragic but that is a tra- i hope it didn't spoil i hope if you're going to sing next weekend at baylor Uni- baylor university that i didn't just spoil it for you well they're anyway. not going to see the same t-rex thing you saw especially if it was improv it was yeah i think it was i think it'll be different every time you get a new fresh experience so yeah anyway that, that was that's what i did last night for five hours oh nice after driving through dallas traffic oh wow well, uh, Dal- that dallas traffic you know man it, but it, i mean it was actually bad though no it is really bad yeah i i was i just came from a party like just came mm. from a party oh i uh just came. we really have switched roles completely we have completely switched roles it's incredible yesterday uh, not a couple days ago at work ethan's texting me like hey i'm gonna reach out to some sponsors and i'm like literally mm-hmm. all i do anymore is edit the podcast I'm still, I'm just waiting to hear back from that one sponsor that I told you about that I don't know if we can talk about. That one sponsor. Oh, they big things so are coming, guys. Big things it. are coming. And big be- things. <laughs> if you want, hey, if you want some insider scoops on uh, the people that we're reaching out to, check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash the crunch. And we'll, we'll be discussing, discussing some of those potential uh, sponsorships, pretty exciting stuff it's on the Patreon page. So. Also, we post bonus podcasts and other things, too. We'll talk about it at the end of the show. I had but. such a good story for a bonus podcast today, but you wouldn't let me do it. It was going to be really we, funny. We really, we really have to do it another time. We I'm really sorry. To, oh, gosh. It's I have, so funny. I have, we've and, we're already 12 minutes in. And and it sucks because just the moment of sheer, it's an embarrassing story, too, about me. Yeah. It's perfect for a bonus podcast, but it's not something I can tell on the regular podcast. I know. I know. I know. I'm sorry. Gosh, I'm sorry. I'm, sorry. Man. But I'm here. I'm here. I'm with students. I'm, do, I'm working yeah, right now. Yeah, you're working right like now. A, you're on the clock. I get it. I'm, this is like that one time. This is like that one time that I did a podcast live from one of my scent retreats. <laughs> you can't just we can't just say like, oh, I did a podcast live. All of our podcasts to us our are live. They're all live. <laughs> they're all live to us. So the party <laughs> that we did a pre-recorded podcast live, Patrick, it's cheating. You always it's pre-record done. podcasts live. There's never a pre-recorded pre-record. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Unless this is of course, a lie. A, unless of course the television show where the characters are recording some are pre-recording something and that's pre-recorded. Regardless, too many layers. I just came. From, this is just this is just too too many onion layers. Mm. Ogres. I do onions have pulp? No. All right. Sorry, that was something I was thinking about earlier today. Carry <laughs> on. I came from an engagement party. Ah. So a couple of my buddies, one of them is a girl, got engaged. Okay. I, was, I was like, dang. Where's this one going? Where's this one going? Yeah, it could have gone a different direction. So congratulations, Teddy and Dana. Shout out, Teddy and Dana. They're, they don't listen. Oh, but then congratulations revoked. <laughs> I'm going to tell them that, that I, I congratulated them in this episode, though. It was really fun. I got to hang out with all my household brothers, and cool, cool. it was good. That's awesome. I'm glad yeah. you had a good time. It was really fun. We're both really enjoying ourselves this weekend, I would say. I, I would... I would Okay, so in households, when someone intends okay. to a household, it's kind of like pledging. Sometimes the girl households will do this thing where when someone intends, they'll take a bunch of construction paper and they'll make like congratulations signs and they'll put them all over their door. Okay. Hazing. It's, it's hazing. It's horrifying. And when um, when someone gets married, they join the household, right? So their their spouse joins mm. the household. And so there's like kind of like an induction ceremony during the wedding reception. It's really fun. More and, hazing. Exactly. And so the, the, the kind of joke is that when someone gets engaged, they're an intent to the household. Uh, yeah, see, it's kind of funny. And so and so we made a bunch of intent signs for Teddy and Dana. And everyone was writing like congratulations and like Teddy plus Dana forever. And it was really cute. And then um, my friend wrote enjoy pre Kana and it was a really it was really funny. And then I was like, uh-huh. I can take this a step further. Oh, and no. I wrote on a sign in just plain letters, start charting now. <laughs> <laughs> 
wow. and then the rest of the the rest of the jokes on the on the signs were just a bunch of nfp jokes mm. and one of them was and one of my friends is like i'm just gonna write this and he drew a skull and wrote memento mori <laughs> what i mean it's important to remember right yeah yeah i guess Oh man, but that was a fun that was a fun party mm-hmm. with a bunch of just a bunch of reminders of the of of the ins and outs of the human body. I love I love the human body. I you want to hear another huge fan. You, I was thinking I was thinking today, I love the body. Oh, were Not, you? What? <laughs> I was. <laughs> no, this is real. I was actually thinking today we were talking about the body. I was talking, this is, sorry, this might be a little crass, but I was trying to decide whether or not it's possible for somebody to have two buttholes. Okay. <laughs> and <laughs> because of the phrase, rip you a new one. Yeah. Rip yeah, you a new one. Or just if you ever, you know, go so hard or toot so much that like you kind of, <laughs> and I was thinking, well, maybe like this there's a genetic mutation. <laughs> no, this is real podcast. So I was thinking about that. Would they alternate then, every time? You know, I, I don't know. I think That's it's kind point. of like a, it's like a, it's like a Delta in a river and it just kind of splits. <laughs> oh, um, gosh. <laughs> so back on track, I was thinking about the body and I would just want to know like what's possible, what's not possible. I was thinking about this and we, we were playing basketball outside the student center here at Baylor. And I, in my quest to know more about the body, I'm all, I'm always getting hurt. Right. And trying to figure out like, Oh, why'd that happen? And today I jumped up to receive an alley-oop from my, from my friend, Michael. And the ball was very, it had lost a lot of its grippage. So it was cause it was an outside ball. And so I, I tried to grab it and it, it went through my hands, hyperextended my left thumb backwards, oh, no. hurt the crap out of my thumb and then hit me right in the face. Oof. Alley-oof. Yeah. And, Alley oof. So if I sound a little bit strained, it's because my thumb is throbbing. And last night I tried to do a combat roll and I slammed my foot on the ground and my abs hurt from Wait, were doing head D. I was no, not, not not like a not like a D seven combat roll. That's what like, I heard. I was like combat. I was roll? like I ran down a hallway and jumped and then like <laughs> I I broke my fall with my hands and like turned it into a roll. You know, like we were. <laughs> I was going to say, if you started playing D&D, you need to take back the entire first couple of weeks of the podcast. Yeah, we were up. We were up at like two in the morning last night. Combat roll. Um, and I was we were trying to try to figure out a combat <laughs> roll. So it was pretty fun. That's that's what I've been up to. I don't know how we got onto that. Wait subject. a second. There's not there's no such thing as a D7. How would there be a seven sided die, Ethan? Just one more than a. How would you make die. it? You can't make it. There would need to be an extra side. How no? If they're all there's such a thing as a hepta, heptagon, hep, heptagon. I guess you just make that into a 3D figure. I don't know How, if you can do what's, that. What's what's so special about the cube? Because there's an even number of sides. Okay, I guarantee you, you cannot make a die out of an odd numbered set of faces. There have to tune be next, opposing tune faces. In, tune in next week to the Crunch to hear Ethan and Patrick finally reveal whether or not you can have an odd number side of die. Hopefully someone will DM us cuz in D&D yeah. there are no odd numbered die. There's a D4 there are, there 6. Are, there are plenty of odd numbered people though. <laughs> Zing, whatever. Zing. I'm sorry. Did you I have I have some like actual topic stuff. Great, to cuz that's a solid 20 minutes of banter and that's an incredible. That's a record. Like that's a that's lot. That's a record that's record a amount of banter. of banter. Do you have anything? Absolutely uh, not. Do you have anything? Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had Sorry, some good prayer this the... morning that I I kind of some some things that I'm trying to unpack maybe. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe not. I don't know. I feel like sometimes when I bring prayer to the podcast it's like, "No, Ethan, you're just you're just wrong." And I'm like, "What?" I mean, I've had a lot of good prayer recently, so maybe it'll sync yeah. up. Maybe Who knows? maybe Who we're knows? on the same wavelength again. Who and knows? I think 
I think this weekend has been really good for me just because I've just been with people and I got to hang out with people and, and spend time together. And I've been a lot more awake and alert than my normal schedule, which is is I do spend a lot of time with people, but not as concentrated as it is like on a weekend trip, you know? So yeah, that might be a contributing factor to why I am not as Eori this week. That was um, two weeks ago. Two weeks it was, is a long time. It was a long time. Anything can happen. So I was reading um, <laughs> my Bibles all the way on the other side of the room. So I'm going to recount this from memory. I was reading John 6. Big fan. and Big fan of John 6, but not for the reason that maybe uh, you might think. Mm. I feel like a lot of people read John 6 to dunk and they're the like, prots. to dunk on the prots and to be like, you guys, Jesus let all the disciples turn away. You know, like all that sort of stuff. Yeah, that's like the saddest the, part. It, it is the saddest part, like the bread of life discourse and everything. But what happens, maybe Pat, you might know this. You're, you got a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, in, be, in between uh, the multiplication of the loaves and the bread of life, life discourse, what happens in between those two things? Do you know? Um, Off the top of your head? They ask for a sign. No. Oh, well, they do, but. I mean, they do, but not what I'm referring to. Okay, what, is it, what happens? So in the, in the night, the disciples uh, try to row across the, the sea. Oh wait, yeah, 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 it's the the walking on water. It's the walking on water, and I it's the, it's very short. It's probably less than ten verses. The, yeah. This section of the walking on water, and for whatever reason, it's sticking out to me today. And I I was thinking a lot about like, okay, so how is how is that story traditionally presented? You gotta um, trust in Jesus. You gotta trust in Jesus. I was like thinking in my mind like a meme of the one where Jesus is walking on water, and it's like. On Jesus, it just says Jesus, and on the water, it just says my problems, and on and like the boat for the disciples, it just says me, right? So like that's <laughs> how the that's how that story is normally presented. Of like the storm is your problems, and then Jesus comes in the middle of the problems, and you respond to him, and he fixes them. The gospel isn't about God; it's about us. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, and I was trying to think of what that story told us about Jesus, about like who he is. And that just kind of led to more and more thoughts and more and more prayer on like how we should read scripture and how I should understand my relationship with with God through scripture. Because it's like we contextualize things in terms of our own problems pretty often. Oh, yeah. Um, of like this, this Bible verse fits me here because I'm paralyzed by my sin. And so I need my four friends to lower me to Jesus and that will fix my sin. That'll fix my problem. That's good right that's a that's great a, way to analyze scripture it's a great way to analyze scripture right you can totally see like oh like jesus is coming at me on the water i just should, i should just be not afraid you know i should just be not afraid of jesus and like or be not afraid of, of the storm that's coming or the storm that's happening to me and if i'm not afraid then jesus will help me but that doesn't necessarily reveal to us like that where if you end it there like does that tell us more about who god is and so i'm trying to figure out like how do we because Yes, we say that all the time the gospel is not self-help. Yeah. Um, and, but how do and, we make it not self-help? Yeah, how do we how do we find this balance between like, yeah, Jesus actually, he does want to help us and he does want to help solve our problems, but he also wants us to come to know him more deeply. Let's go. I love this. I'm so pumped. So my, okay. my, my, <laughs> as you well know, I have been stealing from Life Teen to make my youth ministry. Life Teen slash Ethan Stevie. Life Teen slash Ethan. I haven't actually been stealing from Life Teen. So um, <laughs> I, I read there's there's like there's like a, a Life Teen um, 
curriculum thing that's free on their website and i was like okay this is good i just want to i've just been pulling from a ton of different sources to like try and figure out Mm -hmm. how to found found my youth ministry so like i pulled from forming intentional disciples from purpose-driven youth ministry from life teen Mm -hmm. a bunch of books Mm -hmm. etc and so one thing from the life teen curriculum caught my eye it was like for instance if you were going to teach a semester on the person of christ and i was like whoa wait a second I should focus my entire first semester on the person of Christ. And one of my catechetics friends was very like galaxy brain. He's like, in a sense, every semester is about the... Per-. I'm like, shut up. Yeah, yeah, I know that. But it's really important. He's like, the center of all catechesis is the... I'm like, yes, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. But I want to like really... So- I want to really introduce my students to Christ. In, in, in praying and like reading the catechism, which I like rarely ever do, because like I'm a mm-hmm. theology major. Why do I need the catechism? I mean, it's a... Yep, it's so- not like I... It's not like I go and I just study... <laughs> dictionary yeah right that's a good like, point the catechism it's i'm an english like major a, why haven't i read the whole dictionary it's a, um, it's a book written by a committee not not a not a spiritual treatise written by a saint of, that's a good that's a good point it. that's a good point yeah. it's more of like a reference book i uh it is whenever whenever i read the catechism i always look at the footnotes to know where to go next i never end my reading in the catechism you know yeah you need to go on to like what's the one uh day Dave's Verbum. Yeah, Dave Verbum. Yeah, that's the one with all that where the catechism gets most of its stuff. I feel yeah. like. <laughs> Especially on the revelation of Christ. That's where the sauce is. That's anyway. like, yeah, Dave Verbum is about. Is a, and Dave Verbum gets all of its stuff from Pope John Paul II. Rassing. Who gets all of his stuff from Jesus. There you go. Aquinas? Okay. <laughs> Jesus? Aquinas? Bonaventure? Ratzinger? Ratzinger writes a lot about Bonaventure, and so I'm totally here for Ratzinger. Like, I'm, I'm all about it. I love Bonaventure. Bonaventure just, is the most slept you just on like Bonaventure. You just like Bonaventure to own the Thomists. I do. It's exactly why I do it. My, my buddy's a Thomist, and he hates it every time I talk yeah. about Bonaventure. I'm like, yeah. listen, I've never, I've never gone to the chapel with a, with a book by Thomas Aquinas. That might just be because I don't know too many books by Thomas Aquinas. But irregardless... <laughs> okay continue, continue on your point so what what should my main focus be because when i was in when i was with the door i always tried to repeat the same core phrase every mm. night that i led yeah and so my core phrase for this semester is what christ does god is it's mm. like the, christ is the full revelation of the father right so yeah. the actions that christ does while on earth reveal to us something about the father Yes. And the example that at Father Her- at Fr Harrison used was mm-hmm. um, Bartimaeus. So like Bartimaeus, yeah, sure, you can use the whole cloak thing and be like, oh, um, well, uh, the cloak is your sin, and you gotta let go of it to run to Jesus. And and I think that's a really good way of interpreting scripture. That is the the moral sense of scripture. That's when when we interpret scripture to be about us. But you can't interpret that outside of the analogical sense of scripture, which means the which means the Christ centered part of scripture. And so the Christ centered interpretation of Bartimaeus is the old Adam. Humanity sheds the old Adam mm-hmm. in order to accept the new Adam. Yes. Right. Or the old Adam, like the sin of old Adam is shed off and then and then we meet Christ and we are we are healed. And then you take that analogous sense and you say, all right, how do I fit into that story? Mm-hmm. So I would say that with the walking on water, you say like, oh, well, well, what other miracles have happened with water, particularly someone walking? Um, hold on. Oh, gosh. In the Old Testament. Um, okay, hold on. In the first couple of books. Um, shoot. Oh, um, <laughs> Peter. Um, no, that, that's the one we're talking about right now. Oh, dang it. <laughs> so bad. Oh, are you talking about Moses? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, we. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. 
Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So um, Moses parting the Red Sea, right? Like, yeah. God, it's very obvious that, like, he did something and God assisted, right? Yes. And so that that's like, oh, well. well Hold on. What? When you, which, sorry, are you talking about parting the Red Sea? Yeah. God assisted him in doing that? Well, God did it. Right. Yeah. Oh, so you're saying Moses assisted God. Oh, yeah, I guess. Okay. I mean, it's that, a weird thing to say, The right? way that you phrased it made it sound like Moses parted the Red Sea and God was just kind of helping Oh, I guess I guess that <laughs> I guess that does sound weird, but I was trying to avoid saying that God assisted Moses because that makes God sound like a secondary participant in parting the Red Sea. Right, but that's what you ended up saying. Yeah, so. it sucks. So, um, so yeah, sorry, I, or maybe is, I just heard it wrong. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's like very obvious when Moses like lifts his hands, he's invoking mm-hmm. God, yes. and like God parts the, the Red Sea God. and everyone walks out right. But instead yes. of uh, instead of that, the new Moses Christ has the power mm. to literally walk on top of water. Like he doesn't even need to part it; it just does what he wants. Yeah, and that's when that's when they when they see him walking on water, they're like like this is the Son of God, and and that's the important part of of Scripture. And and we're kind of we're kind of like we're kind of prideful when we read this must Mm. be the son of God. Cause we're like, well, duh, duh, you idiots. Obviously. Haven't you read the gospels? (laughs) (laughs) What would you say if you hadn't read the gospels and you saw some guy walking on water path? This guy's uh, a ghost. (laughs) Like seriously, I'd I'd be the same. This this is definitely guys. This guy's Elon Musk. (laughs) (laughs) He's got so much money. Water does what he wants. (laughs) Exactly. Is that is that, is that Jeff Bezos's bald head shining in the storm? <laughs> He's come to save us with same day delivery. Is that Bill Gates jumping over an office chair on the water? <laughs> you seen the video of Bill Gates jumping over an office chair? I have not, but I want it's, to. It's it's one of my funny. It's 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 so funny because he's he's. It's like the weird, like you know how in high school, like you had those kids who would like just try to flex with the weirdest stuff. You know, yeah, like, like, oh, they, I can I can climb the flagpole in 13 seconds with like my left sleeve ripped off, you know, and you'd be like, OK, Timothy, like whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and then or and so Bill Gates is like trying to flex in this interview. He's like, I bet I could jump over that office chair. And the reporter's like, really? And then he like gets up and he's wearing a sweater and like Dockers and just and just <laughs> jumps over the chair and no running start either. He just really just side sidesteps over it and he just kind of tries to walk it off of it as if it's like. You know, no big deal, but you can see him kind of hiding a smile. <laughs> this, this is back in the nineties, like back. I was going to say, really I can't rich, imagine but, Bill Gates right yeah. now jumping over an office. No, Bill Gates right now, all of his hips are made of diamonds, so he's, he's <laughs> no way for him to jump. He can't move. He just yeah. he just levitates around with money, <laughs> and we don't really we don't really notice his legs because we're locked into his gaze. <laughs> it's just totally glazed. I know. That's why he always has Melinda with him because she's like, "Hey, look over here at me. Don't look at my husband's diamond <laughs> diamond legs. Don't look at me. Don't look at don't look don't at look those at shiny shiny legs." 
What were we talking about? <laughs> I think we were talking about Jesus, and we started talking about people. <laughs> we were talking about, talking about Jesus. You know, we're talking about oh, Bill Gates' man. shiny, shiny legs, diamondy legs. Mm-hmm. You know who shines more than Bill Gates? The glorified Son of God. Amen. End podcast. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, so so that, what you're saying your is, <laughs> sorry. So what you're saying is, is that we have this pride about the the gospels, right? Yeah. And we, when we read the scripture and we see things about Jesus, it's like, oh, duh to us because we were raised on that stuff. Yeah. So it's not um, like but we, we have to willingly ignore the parts of like, oh, that, oh, this is Jesus is important. It's not that we willingly, willingly ignore that. It's just that we think that we know it. So we don't study it, mm-hmm. but it's beautiful. So we should. Yeah. Yeah. And it teaches us more that it teaches us to respect the fact that the gospel is about Jesus and not us. Mm-hmm. But like mm-hmm. that, that shouldn't take away from the fact that we can interpret scripture in the moral sense. Another thing that I keep coming back to is like, what does, yeah, it's obviously Jesus came to reveal the father to us or reveal the glory of the father to us. That's yeah. the, that's, that's his stated goal in John 17. So I know that, that that's the case. And I think the gospels exist, like the spirit exists to reveal the glory of the son in a way, like through the, through scripture. Which is kind of weird. I just thought of that. I don't know if that makes any sense. Because without the Holy Spirit, we wouldn't have scripture. We wouldn't know the glory of the Son. So we wouldn't know the glory of the Father. Yeah. Which is kind of, without the Father, we wouldn't even know the Spirit because it, it's again, Trinitarian. But um, it's a big old mixed up Trinitarian mess. It's a big old, it's a big old bag of mess. It's a crazy mixed and, up Trinitarian day. And I was praying with it this morning and I still don't understand necessarily what it means of okay so they were rowing for three to four miles and I'm a like, sizable okay, that's a, distance that is a pretty far distance so i was thinking about how far that is like i don't know if i could walk that far let alone oh row gosh, you can in the can. in the in the dark <laughs> rowing is harder than walking so yeah <laughs> rowing is harder than walking and i was also like this was this is the thing i got stuck on pat was like i couldn't imagine what it was like to be on a body of water with no sources of light except yeah. maybe like a fire on the shore that's super far in the distance and the moon. Like I couldn't imagine what it was like to be around all of that darkness. We've never and been in complete darkness. We've, we've never been in that much darkness yeah. ever. And so, cause then they say like it was dark. It's like, it was legitimately dark. And if you see a figure ahead of you, you have to be pretty darn close to him and he'll kind of sneak up on you. So no, no wonder they were afraid because they were just rowing and then somebody turns and looks and there's just a guy there. Like, <laughs> Hold on a minute. And like, there's a lot of water around, so your eyes aren't right. really doing the best job. And yeah, you're not like, like, oh, is it's that our a good creature? old buddy Jesus of Nazareth. It's like, oh my gosh, who is that? It's like, Peter, Loch- there's it's, someone. It's Nessie. It's the Loch Ness monster coming to get him. <laughs> it's someone and- like, like, holy crap, Peter, there's someone behind you. Nice try, John. No, see- ah! <laughs> and you can't see who it is. You don't and so you. I'm. And then, and then what happens, right, is they're all like, they're all terrified, of course, as you would be in that situation. Normal. Like, we're like, why would you be scared of Jesus? It's God, because all the paintings, idiots. all Don't the paintings that, that we have, the little children, <laughs> all the paintings that we have of that moment are like of Jesus. And you can see his like full flowing hair and like all the garb that he's wearing and you can see his toenails. It's like, it was not that bright. Perfectly you can't see manicured and- <laughs> Yeah. You'd be terrified. Jesus also probably hadn't showered in a minute. So you're like, oh no. Um, but then um, what happens, right? He says, be not afraid. It is I, or he, in some translation says, I am um, yeah. obviously revealing his, his divinity again to them. And, and then it says that they immediately uh, were on the shore after that. Like they had rode three to four miles. I would bet that the, the sea was not that wide and they were immediately, I didn't do the math. I don't know what's, I was assuming the sea of Galilee, but I don't know how wide the sea of Galilee is. And 
they were immediately on the shore. And so now I'm like thinking through all these things of like, okay, so Jesus, you did, you did this and it was completely dark and you let them row for three to four miles before you appeared to them. And then as soon as they saw you, you told them to be not afraid. And then you just teleported them to where they wanted to be. What does that say about you? Like what, who, how, what more do I know? Cause I feel like I'm more confused about who you are after reading that. <laughs> like, I feel like I have less clarity and that that's just something I'm going to keep praying through. Yeah. But when we read those when we like, there's kind of these, these weird Jesus isms that we kind of write off of like, Oh, Jesus just did that because he was God. He can and do whatever like, he wants. Was, He's God. He can do whatever he wants. <laughs> like that, that, you know, I'm just going to write that off and like move on to a part of the scripture that I can understand. It's like, no, Classic I need to actually Man, he, he sit was with just that. so dumb. He was just so dumb. We're so dumb. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to write that off and move on. <laughs> yeah. I just need to like actually sit with that and be like, why did he teleport them? Hmm. Why did he let them leave at all? Why were they why crossing he, the sea at, in the first place? Why did they, why did he wait three to four miles? Like three they, to four miles. He could have. In the dark. In the dark. He could have brought a lamp. <laughs> he could have not made it storm. He could have invented LEDs at that moment. <laughs> He could have become incarnate 300 years from now. <sighs> yeah, like, mm, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, so the, my, what first jumps out to me is <laughs> yeah. the three to four miles, and then he decides, like, now, right now, mm-hmm. is when I'm going to... And in, in the John narrative... Hey, this is, this is, you can't, you can't try to create a gospel harmony. There was actually a guy who tried to create like a new gospel that harmonized all four gospels, like chronologically, you but you can't do no, that. However, there are certain instances like this where John doesn't give the whole narrative of Peter walking on water, but we know right. that happens. Yeah. So this may, it's possible that this is literally a completely different, different. Instance yeah, exactly. That's why I was, <laughs> of yeah. Jesus walking on water. Yeah. Again, and again. No, it's a completely different instance of them rowing through the through the Sea of Galilee in a, in the midst of a tumultuous storm. So I could understand, and this is the same Sea of Galilee they used to fish on. So like, mm-hmm. you must, you must, uh, you must, you could imagine Peter's like, I do not like the Sea of Galilee. <laughs> I am not a fan of this. Imagine if every time you went on a plane, it was stormy. You're like, I don't want to go on planes anymore. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like the three to four miles, God is someone who waits mm. to to accomplish his goals. Yeah. He's someone he he plays the long con, right? He does. He, he does. does. The longest con. Salvation history, history it's the, the longest, longest con. con. It's not a con. We're it's the ones that con, con God. <laughs> He's the longest anti-con man ever. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I I mean I don't know. I don't know what's the word what's the uh, the opposite of a guy who's trying to con you? Um, someone who wants to give you something. Ooh, that's profound. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I think. Don't let it get to your head. I, it hasn't. It's, <laughs> it's not yet. It still takes a while it's to still, float up there. It takes a while to get. I'm playing the long con with my own pride. Um, oh no. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Like Jesus waited several thousand years mm-hmm. from the fall to his mm-hmm. incarnation, and similarly, he waited three to four months. But like he was still guiding them and he didn't let them fall into the water, right? Like he didn't, he didn't let his chosen people die completely. And so I I think this is how we should interpret scripture from the Christian sense, like from the Christocentric centered on Christ sense. We say, Hey, this is who Jesus is. He's someone who doesn't, um, he waits to accomplish his goal. He's not, 
he's eager to give us good things. He's eager to give good things, but he waits until the right time. Similarly, so if I want to be a godly person, if I want to be like Christ, then I have to wait to do good things. And I'm experiencing this now in my job. And I can talk about that, but that's not my point that I'm trying to make. I'm saying like what I did just there was I started with Christ and I said, this is who he is. Similarly, I have to do this to be like him. And how can I now implement that in my life? Father Harrison and Father Anthony were talking about stupid homilies, how people just immediately take the gospel, how priests will immediately take the gospel and point it towards us. Whereas instead he should, they should tell us something about Christ. And then how do you relate to that? And now how do you implement that? my, My favorite example is the seeds in the soil. Seeds sown on mm-hmm. rich soil. The seeds, and my my friend Nino is like, my I heard the worst homily in that. It was the, the the priest in not this voice, but similar was like, "What kind of soil are you?" And it's yeah, like, yeah, "Wow, yeah. yikes!" Yep. And I've heard that homily before. What kind mm-hmm. of soil are you? And it's like, well, yeah, depends on the day. It's not me. It's my heart. Yeah. Right? Like my yeah, my heart receives yes. the soil differently. Does that makes sense. What I just said. How to interpret scripture? Ab- oh, absolutely. Cool. That's exactly what I was talking about. Great. Sorry, I'm burping. I don't want to burp. Live on the, the podcast. Live on the podcast. <laughs> Pre-recorded. I did, the, <laughs> I did during the bonus podcast. I had to edit it out because it was it was so egregious. Like I couldn't just. You it did was, not. It was just nasty. It was so gross. I was like, oh, I have to just edit. I got to remove that. You missed one. You did let a big burp rip during the bonus podcast last time. I did, but I, yeah. I took the big one out. I let the smaller one stay in. <laughs> okay. Um, but. The the last thing that I was going to say on this was that so in keeping with what, what with what you said just said about bad homilies like a, a better way to think about it is anytime and this is just a general framework for looking at what Jesus does in the Gospels anytime that Jesus encounters a person he does not leave them unchanged or he yes. at, at the very least he doesn't leave them without calling them to change. The only situation I can think of a person walking away from an encounter with Jesus Christ of Nazareth and not being different is the rich young ruler. And even then he's different because he's sad at the end. Yeah. You know, um, even if his life situations haven't haven't changed because he he rejected Christ, you know, he's different. And so then, like, if that's the only example that we can think of, or at least that I could think of somebody not being changed, not having their life situation change, their and decision, it's not their even a real example because he did change kind of. Exactly. Like any time that we encounter Jesus and we don't change, then we are rejecting Jesus. Whoa. And I know, which is crazy. And that sucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so not, not a fan of that. I love you, Lord, but come on now. So sorry. What was I saying? Yeah. So every time Jesus encounters somebody, he, he does not leave them unchanged. And I want like that is a really cool way to look at, especially just any any of the verses that you see where Jesus is interacting with the disciples, he's interacting with um, with Peter or even the guys that he's rolling with for three years. Like he's still every time he talks to them, every time there's a story about them, the disciples leave that exchange different than they were before. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we can read scripture, or we can go to mass and, and we won't expect to have an encounter with Jesus, um, but we do. Every time we go to mass, we encounter the Lord. Yeah. Every time we open scripture, we encounter the Lord even if it's just the smallest of things, right? It can just be a change of, of mood, right? Yeah. Not that our emotions determine whether or not we have an encounter with Jesus, but it can just be like with the rich young man, like it was a change of mood. It can be a change of, oh, I'm going to think about one thing. Like when I drive today, I'm going to think about or pray about this thing differently than I did before because I prayed today or because I encountered the Lord today. It can be the smallest, dumbest little thing. 
but that's that's how we build virtue. That's how we build good habits. That's how we become saints is through all those little things and actually allowing the Lord to change us when we encounter him instead of encountering him and then saying, you know, that's pretty cool. Um, I'm going to keep working on me, though. And, uh, you know, I'll let you know when I'm ready to, <laughs> to change. Thanks for the invite. Really appreciate it. Really do. But uh, I'm just not in that place I'm right now. Ready. If you if you don't change when you encounter the Lord, you reject the Lord. And that's hands down. That's it. So that was that was another thing that I wanted to unpack a little bit, too. I am realizing um, as we speak yeah. that I have been thinking and doing not not doing, but I've been I've been kind of understanding Ignatian meditation, Lexio Divina, completely wrong. Yes. Yes, you have. Completely (laughs) wrong. I'm just your hype man. I don't don't know why. (laughs) I don't know. When I explain Ignatian meditation on scripture to someone, I'm like, now just imagine where you find yourself in the story. So the passion is what I always used. Is like, well, are you, do you find yourself in Simon? Do you find yourself in the Roman soldiers? Right. So that's that's an okay way to describe it. It's not a really good way because it's not exactly... It's not about you, right? It's it's because you're never going to have the encounter that the Roman soldier had. You're never going to act like Pilate and have the opportunity to decide whether or not Christ gets crucified. That event happened, but you can experience that event with them mm-hmm. in their stead, but experiencing their feelings and their conversions and and letting it change you too. It's, it's kind of a nuanced difference, but I think it's an important one. So like my... my Years ago, I um, during during Lent, I meditated on Mary Magdalene at the end of John meeting Jesus because a friend of mine told me that was her favorite verse and that was her favorite story. And so I like I was like, all right, cool, I'll go pray with it. And so I I prayed with it and I had this intense like conversation that was exactly the same that's in scripture, but I was experiencing emotions with Mary Magdalene that I didn't I don't I don't have that same um, situ- I'm not in that same situation. I'm never going to be in that same situation. There was nothing analogous in my life to that situation. Like, oh, like God is uh, God is dead, and I went to the tomb to look for him, and he's been stolen. That's a really unique situation that I'm never going to yeah. be in. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Only one person, literally one person, has experienced that. And that's Mary Magdalene. But still, that encounter with her is something that's evergreen, and it's not something that. Um, it's not just a one-off, she experienced it, and then I get to see myself in that story. The gospel is not Aesop, right? You're not like, the tortoise and the hare, slow and steady, wins the race. Are you the tortoise or are you the hare? It's not like that. I am the carrot patch that the hare rests in. <laughs> come, am, children, rest come, in come, come rest in me. I am the fox and the grapes. I'm that, I'm that fable. What? I've not heard that fable. You've never heard the fox and the grapes? I've you never ever heard, heard the, about the fox and the grapes. The ant, the ant and, the, and the grasshopper? You ever heard the... Uh, the scorpion and the toad. These are all real. The scorpion and the toad. Yeah, the scorpion and the toad. The toad is like, hey, would, uh, the scorpion's like, hey, can you give me a ride across the river? And the toad's like, you're a scorpion, you can stab me. He's like, uh, no, I, I promise I won't. And the toad's like, uh, no, you're totally going to. And the scorpion's like, pinky swear. And he's like, all right, cool. And so they're swimming, and um, the scorpion's like, I'm gonna stab you. And the frog's like, if you stab me, we're both gonna drown. And he's like, I'm sorry, I have to. I'm a scorpion. And so the moral of the story is like, scorpions gotta stab. Oh. Even if they're going to die, they're going to stab you. And so it's like, don't hang out with uh, poisonous people. Bad company corrupts good morals. It's true. So anyway, back to Jesus. Yes. Um, instead of some like vague, nat- human humanistic fable. Anyway. Um, yeah, that's not who Jesus is. Jesus wants you to experience him in like an organic way. 
He wants to enter into your life the way he wants to. Not the I think I think if we if we read into scripture like how do I fit into this passage, we're kind of reading our own lives into Jesus instead of reading Jesus into our lives. Mm, yeah. The incarnation happened and it yeah. happened for everybody. Yes. Right? Like our lives aren't so unique we have to find like a puzzle how we fit in. Yeah. You know, we have to fit the incarnation mm. into us. Like we have to find where in our lives the incarnation can come in. And, yeah. And there's no there's no yeah, I think this idea of like, oh, I've got to find my well, that's how we work socially as creatures is like what's it's my true. what's my function in this group? What's my function yeah. in this class, in this workplace, in this family? Like you have roles that you fit and you do. And that's true in the church, right? Like but but Paul goes out of his way to say, yeah, you have your role within the church, but we are all one body, right? And Christ is one in us and we are one in Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like you you have a role to play and like you have a, a, a certain relationship with the Lord and with the church and, and all these things that n- nobody else has. Yeah. Um, which is, which is awesome. But at the same time, like Christ's passion, death, resurrection, the gospel is for your whole life, for everything that you are and you and everything that you are is for the gospel. And it's for and, everybody at all times. Yeah. And there's, yeah. that's, that's it. Like, I think, I think there's sometimes there's this, uh, a sense of, you know, I, I, I haven't fit, you know, exactly this, this thing into this way. And that means I can't, I can't pray or, or I have, mm. I don't have the capacity to give this much of my life over to Jesus because I haven't done this or I haven't done that. It's, it's just not true. Like all of the gospel is ready for you all of the time. Yeah. The church doesn't choose readings. Like yeah. it allows priests to, to, to do penances, right? Like yeah. r- the church prescribes readings mm-hmm. saying in, um, in 50 years, if we still keep the same lectionary, LOL. Um, mm-hmm. We know that this reading is going to be read on this day. And mm-hmm. is it going to, like, otherwise, if, if, but with penances, the priest listens to your sin and says, I think that this is the best thing for yeah. you to do. Because after, like, understanding you as a person pastorally, it's a pastoral exercise, right? It's like, I give this to you because I think it'll help you. The, the church doesn't give that authority to priests because, but if she, if she did think that, if the church did think that, it was important for us to um, like they, they would choose. She would let the priest choose the readings, be like, oh, um, my flock needs to hear John six because not too many of them believe in the Eucharist. If it were important, if the gospel were about us, the church would let the priest do that. But she doesn't. The gospel isn't about us. The gospel, the church under the church lets the lectionary be because she says, well, regardless of who hears it, if they're open to the scriptures, the scriptures will speak to them regardless of it fits exactly into what they're going through in their lives right now. I stand by it. That made sense. <laughs> we are many par. We, we are, are Marty Hagen. I'm oh, sorry. I'm going to, I'm going to make a trap remix of that song. I think. Oh, geez. Um, yeah, I need to, I need to, this is it for me. This oh, is this is it, it for you. I'm hitting my wall. Well, that's cool. You can go away and I'll keep talking to the people. I'm no, 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 I'm not, no, I'm not going to go away. We should, we should, we should shut it down. Oh, okay. uh, that was good. That was good. You had very good things to say about that. I'm Thank surprised you. that we took it as you far did as we too. did. No, I, I was, I was super happy because I've been, I've been wanting to kind of process that for a while because it was on mm-hmm. an episode of Clerically Speaking where they were talking about Bartimaeus, as I said before, yeah. and I was like, the crunch, is, the crunch is where we just go into the topics that Clerically Speaking brings up, but Jack actually in depth and good. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! Hey, no, I'm kidding. We had the guy on. We've had both of them on. We can't. Yeah, everybody's we can't. gotta know if we throw shade that it's in jest and it's in it's not. in love and in 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 fraternal, not fraternal. What's the word for if you correct a priest? Laical, 
paternal correction no that's if they correct us that's one oh. of my favorite memes that the priest dm shouts out throws out it's like the the fist <laughs> through the glass paternal correction <laughs> ted why did you just give your dad five thousand dollars uh it's called child support no he's supposed <laughs> to give you money that would be called father support <laughs> <laughs> what's that from it's from video game high school it's a dumb <laughs> dumb show that i watch with my brothers every year that would be called father uh, support. that would be called father support and then there's a scene of him like snarkily googling and then being crestfallen when it shows up that he's actually supposed to be getting money from his dad <laughs> so funny um anyway uh oh, check us out on on patreon.com slash the crunch uh we've been really ramping up our activities on that website if you join our our Crunch Patreon page, even for just the lowest amount, which I think is $3 a month, um, then you get access to our Facebook page, which is, oh man, a lot of good stuff coming through there lately. Um, so you want to you be on our Facebook page, you want to be on the, the Patreon page. We're always trying to put more stuff um, up onto those two sites. Um, if, you, if you join, even if it's just for three bucks a month, those are the, that's the money that's going to go towards um, me being able to pay for editing software so that I can help Patrick edit because I got a new MacBook and I need a different version of the software, but Patrick didn't Venmo me the money, so I can't do it yet. <laughs> but if you if you support us, then those are the kinds of things that helps us out with. Put me on and blast on the, on the cast. Welcome to the show. And yes, that's all I have to say about Patreon. Take it away, Patrick. Remember, if you're going to text someone, double check the last name so you don't accidentally text someone from your middle school something kind of embarrassing. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you. And we'll see you next week. You're not supposed to react. (laughs) What was that about? That was just so weird and long and weird. Don't like it. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save